we're going to review, starting from the uh, top of the page on Dav Tezvav Amr Aleph. And uh, I'll have a mind, Rufus Shalemi, Faradas Basronia, Imi Bastvora, Michal Aviva Bas Yehudis, and all else who need a Rufus. Um, so we started off with the Machlokes in the Gemara. Okay, we have a case like this. A person said that I will be, I'm prohibited to sleep today if I sleep tomorrow. And um, so the second day is the condition. The first day is the, what's the prohibition. So Rav Yudha says in the name of Rav that you better be careful, don't sleep today. You know why? Because tomorrow you might not realize and you'll sleep. And then if you slept today, you will have transgressed your oath, your vow, I mean. So that's what Rav Yudha says. And Rav Nachman says, that's not a problem. If you want to sleep today, then just be careful. Don't sleep tomorrow. It's not an issue. Rav Yudha says, however, he'll agree that if you say the other way around, that if I sleep today, then I cannot sleep tomorrow, I forbid myself to sleep tomorrow, then that's fine to sleep today because you people are typically very careful in what he prohibited himself, but they are not careful in a condition that activates the vow. That's the problem. And that's where we, and that's the issue. So now we're going over some proofs. So we learned in our Mishnah, person says, Konim Shani Yashan, Shani Mahalak, Shani Medaber, takes a vow that he can, will sleep, that if he's, lest he sleeps or walks or talks. So the question is, what are we, how are we to understand this Mishnah? If it's as stated, that's not even a good vow. Because as we explained before, a vow, there's a major difference between a vow and an oath. A vow always needs something tangible to take effect on. You have to be talking about a tangible thing, and that's what create, and that's what you're putting the vow on. Okay? But a, a, a shavua can be even on intangibles. So if you're saying, I will not sleep, it's a vow that I will not sleep, that's not a tangible thing. You're saying it about not sleeping, okay? That's not a, something tangible. So therefore, it shouldn't be a good vow altogether. That's the point. So obviously, he must have worded it a little differently. He said, I he said it the right way. He said, Konam eni bishina. So meaning my eyes from sleep. Meaning he's focused on his eyes and his eyes won't close in sleep. Okay? Shavua is vow? Shavua is an oath. Vow is a neder. Right, right, right. A neder is a vow in English, and a shvua is an oath. Okay, there's differences. I mean, I don't know in English if we have that, we understand the differences, but you swear an oath, right? Yeah, you swear an oath and you take a vow. Okay. So. Um, and if you didn't give a, uh, 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 if you said without any time frame, konam bishina, that's also not even a valid vow because we don't wait till you transgress. Just like by a shvua, a person makes an oath not to sleep for three days. So we give him lashes right away for making a wasteful oath because the shvua, even a wasteful oath, is, is high if you get lashes for that. Meaning if you say a silly oath, like uh, I swear that this is a table. Or I swear this is a, a cow, right? Any of those things, 
I'm higher for that because it's meaningless. But I said you can't even use the word swearing in that way. Okay, so anyway, comes what's called the shvua shav or shvua sheker. Anyway, the point being is that the oath is already invalid immediately because it's not possible to not sleep for three days, and um, and then he goes to sleep. It's not. A, it's now. There's no prohibition for him to sleep anymore. So it uh, must be that he must have put a time frame on it. So he says, I'm not going to sleep. He's, he basically took a vow not to sleep, vowed his eyes from sleep the next day if he sleeps today. So that is also too obvious because everyone says that if you're careful, in the, uh, the people are careful in the Isser. So what's the case? Must be it's actually a case of the Tzmach Lokis, where he said that I am vowed from sleeping today if I sleep the next day. So the second day is the condition, the first day is the actual vow, and if he didn't sleep today, then just because he sleeps tomorrow, where is there a baliachal tomorrow? Obviously, the fact that the Mishnah is saying that it's baliachal means that it's, we assume that he's sleeping today, which is a, a, a proof um, against Rabbi Yehuda. That's the Gemara's kasha. On that, the Gemara answered... No, 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 it's not saying that he can't sleep today. He's saying if he did, obviously, he's not supposed to, like Rabbi Yudha says, but if he did, then it will be Yachel, that's all. Ravino offers a whole different take into our Mishnah. He says that what's going on is a simple read, Konam Shani Yashan, I, we said that's not the right terminology for a vow. You're right, it's not a terminal, not the right terminology for a vow. And when, when the Mishnah says that they raise a Belayakal Dvaro, it just means rabbinically. There's a rabbinic breaking of a vow if you if you even if you word it the wrong way, rabbinically you shouldn't have done that. Okay? And therefore you're gonna be transgressing in a rabbinic level. Now the Gemara says, why would we use the word Hareza Belayakal Dvaro, which is the Torah's expression for um, uh, for rabbinic law, do we say things like that? So he says, yeah. In fact, we have another case, a brisa, where if they have something that is mutter, and other people treat it as prohibited, you're not allowed to permit it in their presence, and that's because the pasuk says lo And obviously, this is a rabbinic consideration, and um, and that was the and that's the case. So I actually, yesterday I was trying to give an example of this. Um, and then it, last night when I taught it, I reminded myself of a very interesting example. To me, it's like a perfect case. Okay, um, my Rebbe told me this story. He was a student in yeshiva in Yerushalayim. Now, I don't know if you're familiar, but in Yerushalayim, they take on Shabbos very early. Much earlier than here. Here we do, you know, we light candles 18 minutes before. So he, so, you know, so my Rebbe was like, okay, look, it's not not Shabbos, so therefore it's not Shabbos. So what happened? It was one Friday afternoon after that time of candlelight. They blow the horn, right? Like at 4.30 or something? Yeah, they blow the horn really early. Right. It's much earlier, right. Uh, um, and his, uh, and he, was, he was renting a, an apartment in, in Yerushalayim with, you know, I guess with other people, whatever. Anyway, so he was shaving. And it was after that time. And this, the, the homeowner, you know, the, the landlord, was looking at him and he says, "Oh, you know, I I never knew that there, you know, that, you know, he never knew anything about shaving because, you know, he was he was shabby and long beard." He says, "I didn't know that it's okay that the Lithuanian Jews hold that you're allowed to shave on Shabbos," and he's like, "That's cool." 
<laughs> right. Oh, nice. Good to know. Oh, it's like, whoa. Whoa! Okay. No, no, that's not what's going on. But th- that's exactly the thing. To him, it was like it was straight up Shabbos. That's it. The blue, the horn, you know, it's Shabbos. That's it. He didn't know from no chachmas. So that's an example of if even though it's something that's completely permissible to allow that in a place where people have a custom of, of, the, of the, that thing being prohibited. Don't allow it in front of them. They're going to come to wrong conclusions, which is exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Like putting on feelings in Oh, which way? Now you're getting people a touch People working at you and they might come, come to a conclusion that it's okay. I had a shul where uh, they put, all put on the door. Yeah, know, a lot of shuls. That's a and, uh, Sukkot, I had to uh, go in the women's section. Right, right. You had to do the reverse, right? Yeah. Like I kicked out. It's, it's yeah. not, that's a minute, not a halacha, right? Right, right, Either but that's what he's saying. It's yeah. nagubahen, is no. something that people have a custom that something like that is prohibited, and you know it's m- permitted, okay? Halachically, it's permitted. is permitted, the, the exactly. But the minic, the minic in this place is that it's permitted. I thought, an exa- yesterday I was giving an example of like Chal Yisrael, whatever, like the people are, are very, very strict on it. They treat it as if it's prohibited. And you're permitting it in their presence. It's not appropriate. It's wrong to do so. Anyway, that's what the example is. All right, it's just a side point. Okay, then we brought another proof. Okay, we brought the mission says that he, he prohibits his wife from benefiting from him till Pesach if she goes to her father's household till Sukkot. And it says that if she goes before Pesach to her father's house, then she's prohibited to benefit from her husband till Pesach. Sounds like if she went before Pesach, then she's prohibited. If she went after Pesach, then she's not. How could that be? The condition is not to go till Sukkot. So the answer is that no. If she, Rabab explains, if she went before Pesach, then she's prohibited, and she'll also get lashes, because we know that she's transgressing now by benefiting from her husband. But if she didn't go, then she's just usher. But you can't give her lashes, obviously, because we can't prove that she's going to go afterwards. We don't know that. Okay. So, Gemara says, well, well, let's look at the next line. It says the other way around. Let's say, so it says afterwards, not the other way around, but it says afterwards that if she goes after Pesach, then there's going to be Bal Yachal Dvoro. And if you didn't have benefit before Pesach, where is there a Bal Yachal? So it must be that there was benefit. So you see that it's okay to benefit, and, um, which, is a dis- so, which is so basically, what does that tell you? That we're not, that not like Rav Yudah. So Gemara says this is disproof to Rav Yudah. Gemara says, no, 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 it doesn't disprove him. It's if, he, if, if you did benefit, then it's Balyacha. Nobody's saying that it's permitted, um, and you'll just make sure not to keep your condition. So the Gemara says, okay, fine. Then we tried the, the next case. The Mishnah says, you are forbidden to benefit from Mitosukis if you go between now and Pesach to your father's household. She went before Pesach, she's asked her all the way to Sukkis, but she's allowed to go to her father's household after Pesach. If, if she went, she's prohibited. If she didn't go, she's not prohibited. So, um, so uh, that means that we don't assume that she benefited from her husband. So, um, so Rav says again, no, it's also where she, even if she didn't go, she'll be prohibited. If she, if she went, she's, if she didn't go, she, 
um, if, if she's still not allowed to, in other words, don't think that you're uh, allowed to do this and break the. And, uh, we have we, we you're not allowed to do it in either case. But if you went, uh, then you'll get malchus. But if you didn't go, then it's only us, sir, to do it. But it's not malchus. That's all. So that's that's the implication. Next thing we brought is uh, another kasha. Okay, we said uh, I'm not going to eat this loaf of bread today if I go to a certain place tomorrow. Okay, um, but he eats it, so then he will be not allowed to go tomorrow. Um, so it does not imply that we don't say that you're not allowed to eat it. That's not what it sounds like. So the Gemara says, no, 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 he didn't say you are allowed to eat it. It says if you did eat it, then that then then that activates. Uh, then uh, th- that's the prohibition. So then you better not go the next day. Okay, even though the second day is the condition, the first day is the what will become prohibited. Okay, so the Gemara says, okay, what about the next case? Um, um, let's say he went. So then he he it will be uh, over Balyachel Tvaro. So it sounds like you don't say that he's allowed to go. Obviously, it sounds like because we assume that he did eat, which is a kasha again on review. Those says, no, we really could have said that he's allowed to go because we told you already that you're not allowed to eat. But once we in the ratio said that if he ate, so then um, in the sefer we said if he went. Okay, but it's not a proof that you're not allowed to go. Okay, um, next we talked about the next part, which is that a man tells his wife that I'm not going to have relations with you. It's also paliachal dvar. Now the question is, isn't that one of the obligations the husband has to his wife? She'er ksosinona. He has to pay for her food, for clothing, and for uh, ona. Um, so the answer is, um, <clears throat> he said, he didn't say it that way. He said, the hana of your of relations with you is forbidden to me. So uh, Rav Kana says that, uh, and that's and the explanation is like Rav Kana says that if you, if a woman says my relations is forbidden to you, you force her to have relations because that's her shibut. She's obligated to her husband. If he says, but Hanaz if he says that in this way, so then we we allow the issur to remain because we can't feed somebody something that he that is forbidden to him to do. Because uh, the Isser is a fact effective. And Nas Tashmisho uh, is prohibited to him. So when he says Nas Tashmisho it is actually a nether, and he is also to have relations with her, because in fact the matter is that he does have benefit from, pleasure from it. And that is where we got up to the Mishnah Bottom of the page. We'll start from here for the Mishnah.